Hi, I'm Darren Euchre, Director of State Government Affairs with Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Thanks for listening to Farm Focus. Our organization is built on a foundation of grassroots policy development that is farmer-led every step of the way. Recently, I chatted with Joe Montenegro, Farm Bureau's legal counsel, about policy development and why farmers should get involved. Joe, it's summer. What does that mean for Farm Bureau? Policy development, Darren. Policy development. Although I would say policy development is all year. It is all year? Yep. How do you figure? Well, just because we have a set or defined kind of, you know, few weeks or few months where the members actually hold the county meetings and we hold our PD committee meeting, we hold our state meeting and the national meeting, you know, a good idea or an issue that comes up that affects a farmer or producer, um, that can be submitted anytime. It can be the day after annual meeting, get submitted in anticipation for next year. So we always try to tell our members that, you know, just because we have a, you know, semi-set time period for policy development, anytime a member, you know, calls and says, hey, this is bothering me, and we look into it and figure out that you know, yeah, the, the wall's accurate or the regulation's right, you know, this really is an issue. I always tell folks to no, write it down in their book and then come, you know, the formal PD time, work on writing a policy resolution to fix the issue. Uh, so for those that are a little bit new to Farm Bureau and maybe haven't uh, submitted a policy resolution, can you walk me through how our policy process works? Yeah, it's really six main steps, I like to say. The first step is all our ideas, they come directly from our, our farmer members. Um, you know, so it's a person on the tractor seat, a person in the dairy parlor. Um, usually the way they come about is, you know, a, a member producer has to deal with a, a government agency and they find out that the law regulation isn't as common sense as they'd like it to be. Um, so then, you know, you start to put pen to paper. So step one, all our policy ideas come from our members. Step two, you take that messy idea, you know, which usually is like, this isn't fair, or this isn't right, and you try to actually develop in it into a formal resolution. So that's step two. And usually all our resolutions, they start with, we support or we recommend, in rare instances, we oppose. And then, you know, tell Farm Bureau staff and leadership what you want to change. Um, step three, um, the counties have their annual meetings every year. Usually for most counties, this is gonna be September, October timeframe. And essentially the ideas get voted on by, by the regular membership within the county. If they like the idea, um, they can vote for it. And if it's a local resolution or a local issue um, and it's passed, it becomes official county policy. If it's dealing with a state matter, for instance, like the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue, the idea would get forwarded up to, to the state staff. Um, and likewise, if it's a national resolution, assuming it passes at the state level, um, the idea would continue again for it up. And so kind of, you know, piggybacking off of that, assuming, let's say, Darren, you submit an idea, it bothers you, it passes, you know, step three, the county level. Step four would be that we have a state PD committee meeting every October. And what this committee does is they're not addressing, is this or a good or a bad idea necessarily? They're just trying to look at, is this clear? If we put this in front of the, our, our members at our annual meeting, are they understanding what they're actually voting for? Um, so assuming it passes the PD committee, which I like to just call the filtering phase, step five is our annual meeting at the state level. And essentially we take all the state and national resolutions 
and then members vote. And then that's where merits do come into play. Yes, I think this idea makes sense or no, that really shouldn't be the official policy position of Pennsylvania Farm Bureau or American Farm Bureau. So similar to the county step, you know, if it's a state issue um, and it passes at our annual meeting in Hershey, then it becomes official Pennsylvania Farm Bureau policy. And that's something that people like you and other staff members can actually advocate for um, when they talk to legislators. And if it's a national idea, um, there's just a couple more steps in the process. So assuming you had a national resolution, for example, dealing with EPA, and it passed at our annual meeting in Hershey, we'd have to forward that up to American Farm Bureau. It goes through their similar PD committee process, filtering stage. And then lastly, if it makes it past there, it's voted on at um, American Farm Bureau's annual meeting, um, which usually is in early January. And assuming it passes and it becomes official, you know, American Farm Bureau policy, which is also our policy, and it's something that all the farm bureaus across the country can advocate on um, when they're talking to their, their representatives in Washington, D.C. We often say it's a grassroots process, but why do we say that? Because it truly starts with our members, Darren. Um, you know, you and me are both staffers, and we know for a fact that we can give guidance and help out with research, but we're not the ones that submit the policy ideas. That's not our um, area to touch at all. Um, we're happy to assist members if they don't quite understand a law or a regulation, but all the ideas starts from our members. So when it, when it gets to the annual meeting, does staff get to vote on policies? No, staff does not vote. Staff's role is simply advisory. If members want clarification on what the law actually is or what the regulation actually is and what are maybe some of the kind of, um, I'll call them secondary effects of passing a potential policy resolution, for instance, say, you know, you want a, a change a little dealing with the tax regulation, what would be maybe the second and third tier effects? That's something staff's happy, you know, to, to give their suggestion or recommendation on, but we do not vote. So what makes a good policy resolution for a farmer to submit to their county annual meeting? I would say a couple of things. Um, the, the biggest thing, it's clear and concise, and it gives a specific direction of action for staff to follow. Um, so for example, if you look at most of the policy resolutions in Pennsylvania Farm Bureau's policy book, most of them really aren't longer than a, than a simple sentence. Um, you know, every now and then you do get an issue where you might have four or five bullet points, but that's certainly the exception. Um, so one, you know, concise, two, it's clear that we understand what you're actually trying to do. Uh, and then kind of dovetailing with that, um, that you do give us a specific course of action. So for example, if you were to say, we support tax reform for farmers, you know, I would say, if you look at all our policies in the book, that's probably accurate, but that's really not specific enough, right? You're not telling us what, as a staff or as a Farm Bureau leadership, what you want us to do when we're, we're talking to, you know, members in Harrisburg or members in Washington, D.C. There needs to be a little bit more specific than that, right? Um, so those are kind of, I think, the three main things in terms of what's a well-crafted policy resolution, clear, concise, and specific course of action. So why should farmers get involved in policy development? I mean, obviously everybody is busy, but why take that time out of your day? Because there's a different effect, I think, um, when we as Farm Bureau as an organization go to a legislature and say, hey, this is the process. It all started with farmers submitting the ideas. 
And when we give our support or opposition to an issue, it carries a different weight than just somebody necessarily making one phone call. I think, you know, Farm Bureau has earned a sense of credibility that when you or one of our other lobbyists go and advocate for an official policy position, they understand that, you know, the process all came from them. So to the extent, you know, members want laws or regulations to actually change, and I, th I think they do, I would say, you know, take the five or 10 minutes to actually submit the policy idea. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the most formal. It can just be, you know, this is what's bothering me. And then we have folks at the county level or at the state office that can help you kind of tweak that and, you know, put it in a more specific direction. So you and I have kind of been on the ground floor of laws getting passed. We have been in the rooms as those bills were, were getting drafted. Do you sort of see that as the fulfillment of the policy process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's something that, although it's not, I guess, I guess technically policy development per se, um, if you look at the back of any of our policy books, our state books, we link the two in terms of actually passing the legislation. because. At the end of the day, I think most of our folks are, you know, happy that, hey, I submitted an idea, made it into the official farm, you know, bureau book, whether it's state or national. But if it just kind of sat there and we didn't actually try to change it, um, then I think, you know, there would be a sense of why did I submit the idea? So absolutely, you know, actually passing legislation to effectuate their ideas. Yes, that's, I firmly agree, that's the fulfillment of the process in a nutshell. But I can I can think of one that that relatively comes to mind and it, it happened it happened fairly fairly recently. Farmers out in Cambria County were having a concern about the fact that uh, their equipment was wider than current vehicle code lengths. Put a policy in, drew it to the attention of their lawmaker, and we were able to get legislation passed through PFB efforts. Uh, so now that wider farm equipment is able to be moved on roadways. That to me says our policy development process works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if, if we didn't actually try to go effectuate and change these laws, then I, I think our, our members would say, why bother? To, to one of your earlier questions, why should I take the time? Um, it's because, you know, we're, we're effective. We've shown that you submit an idea, um, you know, it doesn't usually just sit in the book. It's something that we actually work on trying to advocate for. and. I think, and you know, you can speak to this as well, but there's a sense of having more credibility when you speak to a legislator and they know kind of all these ideas. They're not Darren's ideas, they're not Joe's ideas. They've all kind of gone through this this process where they've been the merits have been debated. So once Darren or whoever comes to me with Farm Bureau policy, they understand that there's a little bit more weight to, to this than than maybe from you know other organizations or other persons. I'm always very happy when I hear of lawmakers attending our county annual meetings because they'll see the grassroots process play out so that when I go visit with them to talk about an issue they and, and it's in our policy book, they know exactly where it came from. But I always try to make a point myself of when I'm visiting with new lawmakers or, or those that might not have as close of a Farm Bureau connection to help them understand the process that this all comes from our members. Yeah, absolutely. So. My, my last question is, is obviously things are a little bit up in the air with, you know, with COVID-19 and social distancing and everything along those lines. Is there anything in the works um, so that we can have an effective policy development process, even though we might not be able to gather in some capacities that we, as we always have? 
Yeah, so last year for, for you know, our members that are familiar with the process, we experimented with allowing a few members to attend, you know, via Skype. The majority of our members were still in person, um, but certainly that's something that we're um, looking to expand, just given all you know, the restrictions that will likely still be in place. Um, so yes, um, certainly um, just because it's a, you know, brave new world, um, that doesn't mean that we've um, given up on the policy development process, certainly, or even scaled it back. Um, it just means that it might be in a different form, i.e. video conference or phone conference than necessarily in person. So I guess your advice would be if a farmer's got an idea, jot it down in a notebook somewhere and reach out to a county. Do I got that correct? Yeah, that's my best because, um, you know, and you get these calls too, I imagine. Um, you'll get a, a producer or a member that's angry and says, hey, this happened, or I got a letter from ABC state or federal agency, and this makes no sense. And it turns out to be, you know, yeah, the law's right or the, the letter's accurate. When those instances happen, write it down. You know, work with your, your, your county leadership to submit a policy idea to change that law or regulation. Thanks, Joe. Look forward to summer policy development. Me too. See you, buddy. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way, and all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Podbean at pfbcast.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.